I want to take a break from the podcast right now and I want to give you a gift. I don't want to do that to thank you for being a listener. I put my heart and soul into this podcast. I love interviewing today's experts, researchers, MDs, psychologists, sleep trainers, you name it. I just, I hope you feel inspired to take care of yourselves and your families. And I just want to thank you for, for being a listener and hanging out with me. So the code podcast10 is going to give you a one-time $10 off code at kellylevesque.com, your next order of protein powder. You can either use that on my grass-fed beef isolate protein or on my new vegan chocho bean protein. Now, here's what I love about my protein powders. It's three ingredients or less. So we don't use fillers, emulsifiers, no fortified vitamins or minerals. It's easy to digest and naturally made without any enzymes or chemicals like hexane. So it's three ingredients. With my grass-fed beef isolate, that's 100% grass-fed beef, and it's made in the way that you would make bone broth. So just heat and water. And we dehydrate that end product to get that collagen-rich protein powder that your whole family can drink. It can be added to coffees, to smoothies, and you can get it in vanilla, chocolate, and unflavored. I wanna point out that my vanilla and chocolate is made with organic vanilla bean, organic cacao, and the only sweetener used is organic monk fruit. We don't use any maltodextrin. Our monk fruit is 100% ground monk fruit, and it's organic. And with my vegan line, I'm so excited to have launched this and to have it out into the world. It's a regenerative bean from South America called the chocho bean. And the chocho bean is the most superior plant-based protein powder you can get your hands on because not only is it a complete protein, but the process is made with heat and water only. They're crushed and soaked, and what that end product results in is an anti-nutrient-free protein powder. So you're not gonna have any lectins, phytates, or oxalates in your protein powder. Makes it super easy to digest, and it's really, really delicious and robust in cooking as well. So I love it if I want a thicker smoothie or a smoothie bowl, and I also love it in my baked goods, from my cookies to my muffins, pancakes and breads. It's the perfect protein addition. So if you wanna give either of these proteins a try or you've already been purchasing these proteins and wanna take advantage of this special deal, the code PODCAST10 is gonna get you $10 off for being a listener here at the Be Well by Kelly podcast. So head to kellylevesque.com or bewellbykelly.com Put the protein you'd like to purchase in your cart and use the code PODCAST10 for $10 off. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. How can we build something where we want to show up every day? Like, let's right. try and create that environment where it's enjoyable. Otherwise, why why do it? Like, there's, you know, you only have so much time. So you might as well lay this foundation where you want to show up on a daily basis. Today's guests are brother and sister. Veronica Garza, the co-founder, president, and chief innovative officer of Siete Family Foods, and her brother Miguel Garza, the co-founder and CEO of Siete Family Foods, are here to talk about their first cookbook, The Siete Table. The Siete Table features over 100 gluten-free Mexican-American dishes that span every course and occasion. Plus, it includes sections on how to stock your pantry and go-to alternatives for staples like masa and proteins, menus, and more. Now, if you don't know, Siete started because 
Veronica was diagnosed with multiple autoimmune disorders. Since she was a teenager, Veronica adapted a low inflammation diet to combat the often debilitating symptoms. Her entire family of seven supported and joined her on this health journey. But as a tight-knit family in Ladero, Texas, following a grain-free diet meant that they could no longer enjoy favorites like corn and flour tortillas. To solve this problem, Veronica created grain-free versions of traditional Mexican-American food staples, including a tortilla with almond flour that eventually became the first product offering for Siete Family Foods. Now, Siete is all over our pantry, freezer, and fridge from their taco seasonings to all of their tortillas. I would recommend the cassava for burritos and the almond flour for tacos, but we, needless to say, we have them all. And then back in 2014, her brother Miguel helped and encouraged her to turn these tortillas that she was making for the gym and her family and friends into a real business. And it led to getting those grain-free tortillas onto our grocery store shelves, making it a lot easier for all of us looking to be grain-free or lower our carb intake to have delicious alternatives. So I'm so thankful for them for making my life easier. So let's welcome them onto the show and get to know the Garza family and their new cookbook, The Siete Table. Vero, Mike, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you guys. I mean, Siete's in my house and I use your products every single day. So to have you on the podcast and to talk about how Siete came to be, your family story, the ethos of the brand, I want to tell it all. I want to get to know you guys kind of like behind the curtain in the office, all of it. So thank you for being here and sharing your story. Thank you for thank having you. us. All right. So how did this all start? Grain-free tortillas before grain-free was a thing. Mm-hmm. So we started in 2014 with one product, which was an almond flour tortilla. And really that came to be because of lots of health issues that I deal with and me needing to change up my diet a little bit so I could feel better. And so it was really my older brother who had suggested that I look into a grain-free diet. I deal with lots of autoimmune issues. And I think probably the one that most people are familiar with is lupus. And so in 2009, I had already been dealing with lupus for many years, like seven or eight years. My family was really concerned, but didn't really know how to help me. And my brother had gotten into CrossFit. And through that had learned about just a different way of eating, eliminating certain foods that could be inflammatory. And I don't think he was necessarily eating that way yet, but had heard about it and suggested that I give it a try. So I did reluctantly, because at that time, that that was pretty difficult to do. In 2009, there, there were gluten-free products on shelves, but very little grain-free. That basically meant that a lot of the stuff that I grew up eating, things that were really part of my culture or the food part of my culture, I could no longer have them. So things like tortillas, tortilla chips, and like every dish you can think of that includes those things (laughs) were sort of off the table. So my family and I around the same time had just decided we were going to go on this health journey together. I don't know if initially it was like a decision. We just all like to be together and do stuff together. So we had started exercising in my parents' backyard. 
So my brother introduced us to CrossFit and my whole family was in my parents' backyard exercising like four days a week. And so that was sort of like the jump start to our health journey. And then along with that, um, it was the same time. I was just trying to feel better. And the whole family decided that they were going to eat that way with me. It just made it easier for us to enjoy family meals together. If we were all sort of eating weird stuff instead of just me. But I feel like we were all very much feeling better, but in a position where we were missing out on a lot of things. So it became a problem, not just for me, but for my family as well. And I had gotten in the kitchen and had started creating recipes for lots of other things that we could eat. So substitutes for like breads and pizza crust so that we could have pizza or burgers. And I decided to take some of those ingredients that I had been using for that to create an almond flour tortilla. And that's how it came to be. And it just became a staple at our table. And many years later, we decided to turn it into a business. Wow. So back in 2009, when you had been dealing with lupus for a number of years and your family, your brother brought home the idea of maybe going paleo or grain-free and pulling these things out of your diet, were you all living under the same roof at the same time? And then eating together, cooking together, working out together? Or was your family literally coming together every week at certain times to like be there for you and support? Yeah. Um, for me, I had just graduated from getting my MBA and I had moved back home, like just sort of temporarily. While no, I, I know that. I did yeah. that. <laughs> uh-huh. You're like, I'm going to stop right back by here for a couple of years and then uh-huh. <laughs> give me another launch pad. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I was there and this was the summer after I had finished and my brother, Mike had just graduated from college and was getting ready to start law school. So we were all home that summer with the exception of my older brother, Rob, who was living in Sugarland with his wife at the time. But when we started the gym together, even my brother who wasn't living in town at the time was involved in sort of that process and eventually became general manager for the gym. But yeah, so it was just, we were all there and it just, I think it's just what we would do. We would just, I saw my siblings working out in the backyard and it looked like it was really difficult to do. I had never done CrossFit before, but it also looked like a lot of fun. So my mom and I and all the rest of my siblings somehow just ended up out there, including my dad. So it was, it was fun. That's so lovely and really sweet. It speaks to the family that is Siete family. Like you're, you feel that through your branding, you feel that through the stories you guys tell on Instagram and the content you put out. It's really evident that you guys are all super close and take care of each other. Honestly, it's just something I look to like as a guide, you want your families to be close. You want to be there for your siblings through like health crises, through anything. And so you guys have done that all the way through to building a profitable business and being in like every, every store it feels like now. So I I really am curious about your health journey. So when you did go grain-free, did you start to find healing? Did you feel better? Did you notice a change? Mm -hmm. I had actually been dealing with just autoimmune stuff for 10 years at that point. 
So there was an initial diagnosis called ITP, which is low platelet counts. But at that moment, I would say the lupus was what I was dealing with most because it was the most obvious for me. I didn't always know when my platelet counts were low, but I could tell when my joints were hurting and it was difficult to even like do a squat or try to work out or run. Everything hurt. Mm-hmm. And when I initially started doing CrossFit in my parents' backyard, I, I was still in a lot of pain, but kind of just pushed through it or tried to be as gentle as I could. But I do recall the workout happening first and then just doing that for several months. And then the food, like me being really strict about the food happening months into it and probably a month or two after I had totally eliminated grains, I do recall having this moment of doing like a squat. I used to like audibly hear my knees squeak. Mm-hmm. And I could feel the pain that would go along with that. And it just like dawned on me in that moment one day, it was like, Hey, these squats do not hurt when I'm doing them. Something is working. And then probably about six to nine months after I had changed my diet, I had gone in for um, an appointment with one of my doctors. And when he ran all of the blood work, there wasn't really any signs of um, disease anymore. So, I mean, that was a huge sign that it it was helping. That's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. That is like commitment and hard work in a time when it it was really hard to be grain-free. Yeah. And I know, I mean, it it can sort of wane. It ebbs and flows based on your stress and all the things. But at that moment, I could tell, you know, the exercise and the food is definitely helping. I still have lupus but it ways that I can manage it, just helpful. That's great. That is so awesome. So Mike, from your standpoint, when you were watching your sister go through all this and she comes, she develops this almond flour tortilla recipe, what are you thinking? At that point in time, this would have been the summer of 2009 heading into 2010. And so one of the reasons we had started working out in the backyard was because my graduation gift was a barbell and bumper plates. Like that's what I asked for. (laughs) Yeah. And so all of us were using like one barbell and bumper plates to do workouts. And we built a pull up in the backyard, a pull up bar in the backyard. But I think at the time it was like, oh, this is another one of those things that my sister makes and it tastes good. And I think in her mind, she thought, I got to keep this recipe secret because I feel like it could be something at some point. But in my mind, it was just really tasty and made for more convenient meals. And so I don't think that my perspective changed on that until post-law school in maybe like 2012. I started to see within Austin this very entrepreneurial spirit. And you would walk through a Starbucks or a Whole Foods or a local coffee shop. And it was actually fascinating to see what appeared to be people building businesses from behind MacBook or PC. And so I think that idea fascinated me personally because... I really didn't want to be a lawyer because I didn't want to wear a suit 
And this idea of like wearing shorts and a t-shirt, like just workout clothes and still building something seemed fun. So I remember eventually telling my sister and she had gone. And I think that's like an important piece. She had gone back and forth on, Hey, should I try and build this business? And I remember that one of the biggest holdups was that she worked at the university and she had health insurance (sighs) and she has a pre-existing condition. So going out and building your own business was actually not really in the cards for her because it was going to be cost prohibitive from an insurance perspective. And so it did come to this point after she had gone back and forth on whether she should do it, that I remembered having a conversation with her and telling her that I believed that eventually somebody was going to launch this product and that it was either going to be her or it was going to be this other party that we don't know. And that she would regret the idea of it not being her. I think it was at that point that she decided, and then her and my mom, and then her, my mom, and myself decided to try and figure out whether we could actually have a product that sits on shelves. I don't know if there was a moment, I I think for my sister, there was a moment where she said, I'm all in on this business. But I think in the beginning, the idea was like, hey, can we dip our toe in the water and figure out if people want to buy these things at a retailer, like not just out of an ice chest at our gym, like if they really wanted to purchase these things. And so we ended up after knocking on the door at a food co-op here in town, which it's called Wheatsville, they said they would carry our product. And we ended up finding a commercial kitchen and doing all of these things that we had no idea how to do (laughs) uh, and drove a couple of cases of almond flour tortillas to the store on roughly May 1st of 2014. But I think even at that point, we were really just celebrating the coolness that it was that we were able to put a product on a retailer's shelves. Like, I don't think there was any idea that we would be here building Siete as it is today. I think at that point it was like, oh, we're, you know, just making these tortillas and they taste good and people like them and they're solving a problem for people. Oh, it, I can't even imagine. I mean, I know, I know what it's like to build a brand and to have these like little wins to say like, put something on a shelf or put something out there and go like, Oh my God, this is such a big moment. But to almost fast forward, you know, to think back around that, that it all kind of like started when you created this recipe in 2012 and we're 10 years later, the business is almost in two years will be 10 years old. And to think like you're at Costco and you're, it's not just tortillas, it's chips and it's like crunchy shells and it's enchilada sauces and taco mixes for people who don't want to make their own without like junk. Like you're doing a lot for people when it comes to being able to make grain-free, like clean Mexican food at home. And it's like a complete revolution. Vero, at what point for you was it, I got to do this? So in the very beginning, I knew that we had to just keep doing it. And I didn't know really what that meant. (laughs) I mean, at first that was literally just hand pressing tortillas and driving up from Laredo to Austin every weekend to do that. And then it became like 
I guess the product became so popular that it was like, okay, now we can't just do the weekends. We need to spend some weekdays working on this too. Thankfully, I wasn't in love with my former job. (laughs) So it did make it a little easier for me to say goodbye to that or a lot easier for me to say goodbye to that. But I feel like when that happened, I guess that's when I said I'm all in because I was literally leaving a job and health insurance to do it. And I wasn't leaving in a position where I would even be paying myself the salary that I would have been getting at my former job. So it was a big risk to take. But I feel like for me, it was sort of just an obligation. I felt like there are so many people who want to buy our product and I can't let them down. (laughs) We just have to keep making them. So I'm not even going to pay myself at first. I'm going to take out the like $10,000 in retirement that I've built up and live off of that, sleep in my brother's extra bedroom at his house and just survive off of that for several months while we figure this out. I mean, it's stories like that. It's like those sell this, put that money in savings, live off that couch surf kind of moments where I look at entrepreneurial stories and I'm like, you just like have this passion, this fire, this drive, this understanding that there's a need and that you're answering that need and you get enough momentum where people are wanting your product that you have the confidence to say, okay, I'm going to just keep going. Like, I'm just going to keep doing this. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 after getting a blood test back that showed postnatal depletion. I was low in plant-based antioxidants, vitamins, and specific minerals that were needed for me to live my most optimal life. And I was quite surprised based on the fact that I care so much about what I put on my plate and being diligent with my supplement routine. But sometimes you need to level up and add something that's gonna get your body where it needs to go. And I am looking at this year as a way for me to level up and focus on me after having two babies back to back and feeding them both longer than 18 months. I was... I'm in a place where I need it. And so um, after having a long conversation with the chief nutrition officer, Dr. Ralph at AG1, learning more about their products, seeing their COAs, reviewing their testing and third-party testing, including NSF certifications, I felt 100% comfortable adding this to my routine. And then when I tried it, I was hooked. It's absolutely delicious alone over ice or with a squeeze of lemon or lime. And it's so easy to add to your routine. Sometimes I add it in the morning and... Sometimes I like to add it at that afternoon slump, two or three o'clock in the afternoon, but here's why I love it. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens, which are going to help your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. And it's so easy. Plus it's keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And you can get it for less than $3 a day. Now I was surprised to see over 7,000 five-star reviews. But once I tried it and I saw how easy it was to include into my routine, I decided to partner with Athletic Greens because I personally love it. Now I have Chris on it. And so if you add Athletic Greens to your lifestyle, you are going to get one year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D plus five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash be well. Again, that is athleticgreens.com 
forward slash be well to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance because that's what it is for me. Athleticgreens.com forward slash be well. Siete is massive today. Like what for you guys, can you talk about the ethos of the brand, why you named it Siete, what that means and kind of what the future is before we dive into your very first cookbook, Siete Table? Sure. Mike, you want to take some of that? Sure. So there's a joke. I don't know if it's really a joke at the office when we're talking about like the company that I haven't worked anywhere else really. (laughs) The reason I, I set the stage with that is because when you mentioned the ethos and so like our first core values, family first, family second, business third, and our sixth core value is juntos es mejor or together is better. And our last core value, number seven, is to do everything with love. And I highlight those because I think they actually get to the ethos of what we were trying to build in the beginning. So we didn't write down the core values in the beginning, but I will say that we did go through an exercise where we did align on who we were and who we weren't. And those values that I mentioned were very ingrained in who we are. And they were also ideas of the foundation that we wanted to scale something off of. So when we look at what we're trying to build. And I say trying because we've been fortunate and it's been a big blessing that we've been able to build business to where we're at thus far. But aspirationally, there's still much more that we want to do with what we've been blessed with. And so when we look at Siete, so it's called Siete because there's seven members of the family. And I actually remember when we were going through, because we used to be called Must Be Nutty. And Must Be Nutty was the original name. It's obviously very bad. I came up with it. and <laughs> No one would know. Like, I don't think yeah, anyone knew that. Yeah, Maybe the yeah. people at your gym. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was called Must Be Nutty. And in order to make it more trademarkable, there wasn't an E after the letter B. So it was even more goofy. And so when we sat down and we said, what are we trying to build? It was, okay, we want to build a better for you or health aspirational or whatever like term you want to use for better for you, Mexican-American food brand. And we called that out because we felt that there was a gap in the market for a brand that spoke to us as consumers, as third-generation Latinos or Mexican-Americans. And we felt that we had the ability to solve problems within that market. And so we, again, we want to build this better for you, Mexican-American food brand. We want to make sure that we're family first, family second, business third, and how we operate. We want to have a juntos es mejor culture. So together is better. So we're this team. And then we want to do everything with love. So like how we interact with people, we want it to come from that root. That doesn't mean like everybody's in here hugging each other all the time. Like it's, I couldn't hug my sister if I wanted to. She'd be like, why are you hugging me? Uh, So it's not that sort of thing. It's more like this to use that emotion um, as the basis for 
how you build. So yeah, there's seven members of my family and it now it works out that all seven of those work full-time at the business. At that point, we didn't. But I think what we felt, because coming up with a brand name is hard. And I remember saying this, we were like, okay, we have this gym, it's called G7. And there's our last name's Garza and there are seven of us. So it's not that clever, but we called it G7. And so we're going to build this brand and we're going to call it Siete. And if people don't like it, then they just like don't like this idea of us and like too bad. We're just going to put ourselves out there. And then if people don't like that as a brand, then they don't like it as a brand. And so we almost took the pressure off by just being us and then being us in market. and um. And I think it's it's worked out. I, I think that like even from from what you said uh, earlier, I, I think that as we built this brand and we built it with this foundation of values and this ethos that the same way that we wanted to build something where we wanted to work, which I think was very important. Like my sister was leaving a job. My mom was leaving a job. Um, I had never worked anywhere. And so it was like, hey, let's... <laughs> Like, how can we, how can we build something where we want to show up every day? Like, let's try and create that environment where it's enjoyable. Otherwise, why, why do it? Like there's, you know, you only have so much time, so you might as well lay this foundation where you want to show up on a daily basis. So that's how Siete came to be from a brand standpoint, from an ethos standpoint, and then from you know, going into the future, what we're trying to build, which is this better for you Mexican-American food brand. And I do say that very uh, distinctly because I think when we started, we were a grain-free almond tortilla brand. That's who we were. And what we saw was, man, there's so much opportunity beyond grain-free. Like we just want to be a better for you solution for Mexican-American food for the consumer. So if there's a way for us to innovate within um, the ingredient profile, uh, potentially macronutrient profile, like if there's a way for us to make something better for the consumer that is looking for this option, then we want to serve that consumer. Um, But we want to do it all by living and scaling our values, which is important because we want we want to make sure that we're building something that when we look back 10, 20 years from now, that we're, we're proud of not just what we built, but how we built it. I feel like you should be from the beginning of when I learned about Siete. It was really apparent, I think, in the wellness community, like the functional MDs I worked with or wellness bloggers and food bloggers who were using your products it was really clear. Like it came across in a very clear way that there was like a lot of love, a lot of fun, your corporate headquarters, like people want to go there. It's you'd see the stories. It, it felt, and it still feels like very full of love and very purpose-driven. And, and you have, like when I think about your taco seasoning packs outside of your tortillas, but like just the taco seasoning packs, for example, being that I've been in the kitchen for a minute and I'm not a chef, like I'm a home cook, let's get it straight. I know how to throw together like some chili powder, smoked paprika, you know, garlic, salt. But for clients who are just getting started in the kitchen to get them in the kitchen, like 
to have a taco seasoning that I can say, just open this pack and throw it on your meat. There's no maltodextrin and there isn't any added sugar. Like that feels really good to me because they feel they can have something and use something that is clean. And that is, that makes my job easier. So really, truly like, thank you for putting these products out there, all of them on the shelf. I mean, that you guys have so many. And I think now with your new cookbook, not only are you saying like, here's the product that'll make it easier, but here's how you do it. So let's talk about this. Siete's first cookbook, Siete Table. Who decided to write it? Are these family recipes? What's the process been like? What are some of your favorites? I can't wait. I think it's something that we've been talking about for a long while. And as far as like who decided, I mean, we all decided it was something that we were going to do because it was a big collaboration. We all had to say, yes, this is what we're going to do. But just like with the business, I feel like my brother, Mike, is probably somebody that really encouraged it. It's just another way that so much of what we do is in the spirit of gathering people, being together and like building this community, like the products that we make, events that we hold, everything that we're doing, just the business that we're building. So this just felt like another way that we could build on that. and. Over the last couple of years, I felt like that became like ever more important to try to bring people together and spread some joy. And anytime we put recipes out on our website or Instagram, there's a great response to it. So I know people want it and people are always looking for convenient ways to cook at home. But we did want to make sure that if we put this out, it wasn't just like this marketing tool to sell our products. So many of the recipes, you don't actually even need to use any of our products. You mentioned throwing paprika and garlic and onion powder together to create some sort of taco seasoning. And instead of recommending things like our taco seasoning in the cookbook, you can use it if you want, but we're giving you a recipe to make your own at home with the ingredients that you have in your pantry. So I think it's it's really exciting that we're getting the opportunity to to do that for people and for me especially I don't even know if I consider myself a cook like I just like to cook at home. I'm not great at following recipes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is weird. It was very weird to like say, okay, I have a lot of cookbooks, but I sort of open them and I look at them and I'm like, okay, they're saying to use these ingredients. Now I'm just going to do what I want with that. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. So it was really weird for me to, to say, yeah, okay, well, knowing that I have a hard time following recipes, we're going to put out a cookbook. Even writing down recipes is difficult for me to do. I just throw stuff together. And I feel like I get that a lot from my grandmother. And my mom. That's kind of just how we cook. It was a big collaborative process, calling each other. Because, you know, even recipes that were sort of like family recipes, we've sort of all created our own little take on them. So calling each other and asking, what did grandma used to do when she would make her picadillo or her carnizada? So I think everything that we put in the cookbook, it's made for the home cook. Recipes are super easy to follow. And it'll be really approachable for people. 
which I'm excited about. Lots of grain-free options, lots of vegan options, substitutions, dairy-free, but lots of meat stuff in there too, if that's your thing like it is for us. Definitely my thing. What are some of your favorite recipes that you think everyone should try? So favorite, there's a barbacoa recipe. And I think people are familiar with that. You can go to restaurants and order the barbacoa taco. But for us, barbacoa was something that we grew up eating mostly on the weekends and as a breakfast food. So it's a much simpler tasting meat than people are familiar with. It's not super heavily seasoned. And we were able to share that. And I think it's this is very like South Texas. We grew up on the border in Laredo, Texas, which is primarily Mexican-American town. And this is like 100% a weekend food. You talk to people, you know, about what they did that weekend and they'll tell you they went to their grandma's house or their aunts or uncles to have barbacoa for breakfast. So that's one that I'm I'm excited for people to to try, but there are so many other recipes in there. I think like some that are sort of spins on dishes that we've make, made at our sort of family style gatherings. And when I say family, I mean like the team, just get the team. Every Friday we do a Friday lunch and there are lots of dishes in there that we've been making over the years that people will get a chance to make on their own. So things like a fried chicken with sort of like a Mexican seasoning, that's really good. There, there are way too many. <laughs> Mike, I don't know what if I can favorite? pick a favorite. Yeah. And so I think my sister mentioned something that I think is fun and why it's called the Siete Table is there's a lot of influence from our upbringing. And like my sister mentioned, like my grandmother, who's no longer with us and my mom. But then at the same time, so if you ever come to Austin, come on a Friday and come for lunch because our culinary team makes really incredible food every Friday. And so there's also this other element of the cookbook where it's like this old kind of recipes that we grew up on, but then also this new, which is why it's the Siete table, right? Like it's this broader Siete family and it's not specifically the Garza family. And so some of the recipes that I didn't grow up eating, but are actually really tasty. There's a tuna tostada and a shrimp tostada. And the tuna tostada is like, is that one seared or is that one like sashimi? Can't remember. I feel like I've um, eaten both. Yeah, because we've done it differently. Yeah. And I don't. I don't. So yeah, I can't remember the cookbook, but I remember eating it, and it may be seared if that's your thing, like ahi tuna seared or sashimi tuna. And then there's like, you can have these chiles torreados on the side, which is like these peppers basically in a sauce format with like, a, I think it's like a chipotle mayo on top. And so just the mix of flavors, it's just really delicious. So when they make them here, and that's why I said like, as it relates to the cookbook, I wasn't even a recipe tester where I made them. It was just like, hey, do you want to taste this? And so I was not a tester. I was just a taster. Um, (laughs) And I got to taste so many different things. And there's even, there's also like these odes to 
Laredo, which is where we grew up, because when we grew up, we ate mariachis for breakfast. And you're some people would be like, how would you eat mariachis for breakfast? Like, aren't those the groups of musicians that come and like <laughs> yeah. sing at my table at a Mexican restaurant? And and I think there's like this. I don't think anybody really knows, like, because I've done some research on why they're called mariachis in Laredo. But we're even sharing a little bit of that, like our culture growing up in Laredo, Texas, and it's breakfast tacos. And we grew up on breakfast tacos. Um, Like there were on Sundays, my mom would make huge spreads of all different types of eggs and different types of salsas. And there's a certain element to all of this in that we can't physically invite everybody to the office and we can't physically invite everybody to my mom's house for breakfast. But what we wanted to do with the cookbook was to give people the opportunity to create that experience within their own families and communities and with their friends. So I think my hope is that that's what we see from this, that we actually see new traditions. And there's also some, like, we're really not trying to sell product with the cookbook so much so that there's like, we make tortillas, we make a lot of tortillas, but in the cookbook, there's actually a grain-free masa recipe that you can use as a base to make all different sorts of things. And so the real goal was enable the home cook to bring these recipes into their life and to share with others. And if you drink, I think we also have like cocktails in cocktails. there. If, if you drink and maybe a or, mocktail or two and or aguas frescas. If yeah. You, so if you don't drink alcohol. <laughs> yeah. My hope is that we're able to take people's like Taco Tuesday tradition to another level, or we're able to take Pizza Friday in a new direction. I saw you do, I actually do pizzas very similar to you. I just wanted to tell you, I saw your Instagram, <laughs> but um, I'm similarly a Capello's naked crust user and throw different stuff on top of that. But yeah, that's the goal like bring people together so that they can make delicious food that we've been eating our whole lives. And hopefully we see that. You definitely will. I mean, just even doing it from your where you guys are in Austin and sharing it through your brand and Instagram and all of it, like you're, it's inspiring other people to make things. I mean, speaking of pizzas, like I saw someone make a Siete pizza with a with one of your tortillas, and I was like, mm-hmm. bingo! And I did that for Bash's <laughs> lunch. You know, mm-hmm. like these are the kind of things you're going to see that. And I mean, for me personally, I'm constantly looking for ways to serve up protein to my family and have my clients serve it up to their family for breakfast or how they break the fast with something that is blood sugar balancing and loaded with protein. So whether it's the barbacoa or the mariachis, those breakfast tacos, (laughs) like these are perfect traditions to bring in and keep it fun. I mean, we're SoCal natives, my husband and I and our kids. So we have a lot of Mexican influence. And Mm -hmm. I would say, I mean, we're American. Caucasian kids, but we like Mexican food better than <laughs> burgers and fries. So your company and and your recipes and everything that you share, it does it like gets me creative. Instead of just making my ground beef tacos, I've made to taquitos and or like a flauta from your tortillas, and I've had fun doing things differently. And you know, for a kid who has to go to 
school every day. Like siete tortillas are a swap out for high carb breads that I can like do a turkey roll up that isn't just giving him turkey wrapped around an avocado. You know, he's a growing little boy. Like he wants, he needs a little something. And so Uh from little burritos to those like mini pizzas, you've made my life easier and my client's life easier. And you definitely like inspired people to get cooking, which is really cool. And so I'm so excited for this book for you guys. And just, you're just so authentic. So thank you for continuing to do what you guys do out of love. Thank you. Thank you. Well, where do you think people should follow along? Where can they find your products? Where can they find your book? So our book is actually launching October 18th and you'll be able to find it in most retail stores. So places like Target, Walmart will be there or online places like Amazon or even your you know, favorite local bookstore. And if you want to follow along, you can go to our website or sign up for our email list. I'm sure my the customer delight team will be happy for me to say that. Our marketing team follow up for sign up for our email list and we'll be shooting out messages to people to keep them posted on any cookbook news. Oh, we also have a new texting system, uh-huh. which is really fun. So you can text us. And we'll keep you informed on all of the cookbook happenings. Yeah. And if you're somebody like me who forgets dates, you can pre-order now and then get your cookbook once it's available. But we did just launch, launch texting. So we'll, me and Veta will both be treated. Uh, yeah. Well, no, yeah, we'll be responding <laughs> to No, I'm just kidding. But, but our team will be happy for that plug because it's been, a, it's like a fun new platform for us. And I think, I think that's probably about it. Oh, you did ask products. If you visit our website and you're wondering what's available near you, you can enter your zip code and it'll tell you what products are available where. But yeah, we're all in all as a team. And I'm sure you know this, like cookbooks are a very big endeavor. Yeah, um, they're a huge and pro- like probably. I think one of the harder things that the team has done as a collective, and that's that we have like a whole team working on it. So I'm amazed at the individuals, like solo entrepreneurs that are able to do these cookbooks because it is, it's a beast of a process and a lot goes into it and a lot of heart, a lot of hard work. So I also want to put in a plug for all of the great cookbooks that are already out there that people have put a lot of, I'll say a lot of tears into because saying blood and sweat with a cookbook is <laughs> kind of weird. Um, <laughs> Does happen sometimes though. <laughs> Watch your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, you guys, this is a pleasure. I'm super stoked to have you on the podcast and share this episode on a friend Friday. Just inspiring entrepreneurial story, just from a place of like pain and healing to just really being able to support so many people across the country. I'm loving everything that you guys do and I'll I'll be cheering you on from the side for a long, long time. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for listening to Be Well by Kelly. 
please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at bewellbykelly.com and follow me on Instagram at bewellbykelly. I would love if you picked up my books, Body Love and Body Love Every Day. They're sold on Amazon and at all major booksellers. 